Sophie says whenever she just runs through the house meowing. So but if, she's just going, hello. I actually noticed when I was editing the Elisa Lam that I said hello to Sophie like three times and I left them in every time. Oh, good. So if we ever just randomly say hello, we are definitely talking to a cat. Hello. <laughs> um, so. Did you hear Sophie meowing in that one? Mm-hmm. Was that the one where she like ran up on us while it we was, were recording? But you but couldn't you hear, hear it. No. Damn it, Sophie. Come here. cute. Sophie. Sophie. Usually she responds, but only if you say her name like that. If you're just like, Sophie, do you want to do anything? But if you go, Sophie, she's like, yes. <laughs> she's so cute. That's she's probably sleeping. She is. She do be sleeping all the time. <laughs> she got to sleep all day, so she has the energy to be a hellion all night. Yes. My cat. God. But I love her, so it's fine. She's good. She's good. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about a very controversial and very popular true crime case that I actually didn't know much about, and this was requested by my Aunt Jacqueline. She messaged me when she was like, please do this on this. I think he's guilty. And I don't know that I agree with her. So Okay. um, Today we are going to be talking about Lacey and Scott Peterson. I have no idea. All right. Well, you are in for it. Um, I'm ready. I'm going to just go ahead and cite my shit. Uh, Wikipedia, ThoughtCo.com, and a Hulu documentary on Lacey. Okay. Did you Um, use anything specific from their Wikipedia page or did you just use the Wikipedia page? Just the Wikipedia page. Yeah. That's where I got most of my information. Um, and they were long. Yeah. So, um, let's go ahead and talk about Lacey a little bit. Lacey was born May 4th, um, 1975 in Modesto, California. When she was younger, she enjoyed, um, working on the farm and gardening with her mom. Okay. Um, she was a cheerleader in middle and high school. She graduated from Thomas Downey High School and attended California Polytechnic State University in which she majored in horticulture. Okay. Um, she was remembered as someone with a very big heart and very loving, and while Lacey was in college, she would visit a friend who worked at a restaurant in Morrow Bay, and that's where she met Scott in mid-1994. Okay. Um, she's the one who made the first move when it came to Scott. She gave him her number, and immediately after meeting him, she told her mom that she had met the man she was going to marry. Um, Scott called Lacey, and they began dating. Their first date was deep sea fishing, and Lacey actually got, like, really, really sick. She got, like, super seasick. Oh, no. I know. Uh, the relationship grew, and Scott put aside his dreams to become a professional golfer to focus on a career in business. They dated for two years and eventually moved in together. I'm sorry. You lost me a professional golfer. So he... No, I'm it, it'll make sense. Um, so Scott was born October 24th, 1972 in San Diego. Um, his parents had six children combined from other marriages, but between his parents, he was the only child. So he was the only biological child between the two of them, but then they yeah. both had kids from prior... Okay. Yeah. Hurt, um, hurt. Scott loved to play golf, and at the age of 14, he had started to beat his dad at the game. So they would go golfing, and I thought Scott. you were just going to say beat his dad. I was like, oh <laughs> Yes, my God. with the golf club. <laughs> uh, I'd do it again. Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop. <laughs> Scott dreamt of becoming a professional golfer, and by the end of his high school career, he was one of the top junior golfers in San Diego. Whoa. So he's like, good. Okay. So it wasn't just that he was like, I think I'm going to be a professional <laughs> no. golfer. He was like, hey, I'm he actually like, good at really this. He was really good at it, yeah. Uh, he went to Arizona State University on a partial golf scholarship, and then there ended up being some drama uh, where one of the dads got Scott kicked off the team because he didn't think Scott was a good influence. Scott was partying, mm. drinking, um, and he just didn't want Scott to ruin his son's golfing career. So. I mean, golf is such a rich people sport mm-hmm. that I can imagine. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I can imagine if you're like, I've put... <laughs> Thousands and thousands of dollars into my right. child playing golf. Well, he just didn't want him to ruin his career by, like, drinking and which stuff. Which is stupid. Which, like, just teach your kid how not to, to... be... Well, and also, they're in college. Teach your child to be an adult. Yeah, also, like, that's the thing is, one, he's an adult. You shouldn't be trying to influence his decisions anyway. Right. And then, two, 
like peer pressure is definitely a thing right for sure but also like don't get somebody kicked off a team just be like hey son we need right. to, this is a problem that i see developing it make any and sense. i want to make sure that you are being responsible enough not to give into it right That's, um talk about not trusting your kid right it's so dumb um so i'm gonna feel bad defending him if i find out that he murdered somebody We'll see. Um, Scott later transferred to another college and then later transferred to the same college that Lacey attended, which was California Polytechnic State University. Okay. Um, he initially wanted to major in business, or international business, but later changed his mind to major in agricultural business. Okay. He was described as a model student, and the professor said, I wouldn't mind having a class full of Scott Petersons. Aww. Um, after Lacey graduated, they got married on August 9th, 1997, and they were said to be, like, the ideal couple. Aww. Perfect couple, super happy. Mm-hmm. Um, after Scott graduated, they opened a sports bar called The Shack. Um, business was initially slow, but it did end up improving, especially on the weekends. That sounds familiar. Maybe I have actually heard of this. Maybe. Um, they sold The Shack in 2000 and moved to Lacey's hometown of Modesto to start a family, and in October of 2000, they purchased a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house for $177,000 near near La Loma Park. Okay. Um, Lacey became a part-time substitute teacher and Scott got a job with a fertilizer company. Very well off financially and Lacey's family said that she liked being a housewife and she enjoyed cooking and entertaining. Um, in 2002, after a year of trying, they ex- shared the news that they were expecting and her due date was October, or I'm sorry, February 16th, 2003 and when Lacey was seven months pregnant, they decided on the name Connor for their child. Connor. Mm-hmm. Cute. It is very cute. Um, so, <laughs> this is where things kind of start to change gear the, a little uh, bit. The idyllic couple yeah. is about to become not such. In November of 2002, um, a woman named Sean Sibley, probably butchered that, um, introduced Scott to a woman named Amber Fry. And remember Amber's name. I do know Amber's name. Yeah. Why do I know Amber's name? I know bits and pieces of this. I feel like once you start talking about it more, I'm going to understand yeah. a little bit more. Um, Scott told Sibley he was single and ready to mingle. That he had no <gasps> wife. He was ready to find no! an intelligent woman to have a long-term relationship with. Damn it, Scott. Amber agreed to the date in early or early November, and they got later... Or, my gosh. And they got connected and had a date later that month. So, on November 20th, 2002, Amber met Scott at a bar. They shared champagne and strawberries. They went to have dinner in a private room. Um, they Jesus. really connected and got along really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber said Scott was super easy to be around, and she was really enjoying herself. Um, after dinner, they went to a karaoke bar. Um, they sang. They danced. They had a good time. And after the bar closed, they went back to Scott's hotel, became intimate, and spent the night together. Damn it, um, Scott. Amber described Scott as being very romantic, and he loved being around her 20-month-old daughter. Like, he would include her in some of their outings, their dates. Like, he was very inclusive of her daughter. Um, Thanksgiving was approaching, and Scott explained to Amber that he needed to finish up a fishing trip in Alaska. And up to this point, Amber has no idea he's mm-hmm. leading a double life. So mm-hmm. he has, she has absolutely no idea he's married. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber got a lot of criticism there at the end mm-hmm. uh, but amber had no idea mm-hmm. amber and scott's relationship continued to bloom he would cook dinner for them he took them shopping they had deep conversations about life and <laughs> life and feelings he bought her presents and you know all the good shit that happens in a relationship mm-hmm. um amber recalls a conversation centered around trust she still has a, so they had a conversation centered around trust in a relationship while amber still has no idea that he's married, that he's married and has a kid and has a kid on the way 
So, Get on the way! God, that's even worse. On December 6th, Sean, which was Amber's best friend, mm-hmm. found out Scott was married. And she was like, if you don't tell her, I will. Mm-hmm. Scott explained to Sean that he had actually lost his wife. She died. That's what he told Sean. And it was very difficult for him to talk about. But you know what? He would do it to to be the better person. He would tell Amber that his wife died to make their relationship more trusting. This sounds a lot like that guy who killed his wife and two daughters. Oh, God. Chris. Yes. Didn't he also have an affair where he told her yeah. that his wife died? Yeah, but his wife... The, I'm pretty sure his mistress was very aware that he was married. I could be wrong. Someone quote... Like, someone correct me if I'm wrong, please. That I case feel like I pisses remember, me off. I know. He's such a piece of shit. He really is such a piece I of shit. I feel like I remember him telling somebody that his wife was dead. Probably. I mean, it would make sense. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. For, um, for like half a second, I thought that's what you were talking about. And then I was like, no, because I know his name was Chris. Well, and he, and had, he had two daughters. He had kids, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. On De- Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, on December 9th, Scott told Amber he had been married and his wife died, but it was incredibly painful to talk about. So Amber was like, well, then are you even ready to be in a relationship with me? Like, mm-hmm. is it too early for you? Mm-hmm. Um, also, why, like, if we've been pursuing this relationship for how long at that point? Right. Like For a, for a and, couple months. And you never thought to tell me that you have been married already? Because, like, at that point, you've had you've had the conversation about your exes. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and there's you felt no... you never cared to mention that your wife is dead when your wife isn't dead. She's at home right, carrying let, your child. Let, let aside, like, set aside the fact that his wife is not actually dead. If he had had a dead wife. That's like something that you usually inform people. Yeah, that's a conversation you have pretty early on. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Well, when she asked him that, he enthusiastically said that he was he was beyond ready. He was way ready to be in a relationship. My wife her. is dead and it's too hard to talk about, but I'm very ready to commit to a relationship to you who <laughs> and, also has a and child. your 20-month-old child. Yeah. That kills me. You know what? All right, hold on. He can commit to another woman... <laughs> And her 20-month-old. But he can't commit to his own wife and his unborn... Like, it's not even like, oh, she got pregnant and he got scared because he didn't want to have a family. Like, (laughs) what the hell? And the worst part... Not that that's even a justification, but like... Right. God, okay. Though I feel really bad for Amber because she is so... She has no idea. She just has no idea what's going on. And she got shit on really, really hard It's crazy to think that, like nowadays that shit would not work. Right. Like, if you were in a committed relationship with somebody, there's no way. I mean, there are definitely ways that people lead double lives, but, like, with social media being what it is, like, it is so hard to get away with that shit now. Yep. And for that, I am thankful. I mean, not anymore. I'm I'm not in the dating scene anymore, but... God, yeah. God, when I was. Right. My God. Like, my most recent ex, who would be like, I'm not cheating on you, but then, like, you would look on his Facebook and his ex-girlfriend would be like... With mine. What is it with our exes cheating on us with minors? Honestly. Please. I honestly, just want to know. Grown-ass grown men cheating on us with minors. God. God. Disgusting. At least she was 17, but still. Like, she's still a minor, but it's not like I found text she messages like between 12. him and, like, a 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Not that that's any better or worse, but Jesus Christ. Right. Exactly. December 14th, Amber and Scott went to a Christmas party, and she had introduced him as her boyfriend to her friends. So oh they Lord. were getting pretty serious. Where where was this happening? This is in California. This is okay. So they are they in the same town in Cal? They can't be in the same town. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. It didn't say where Amber was. 
Yeah, I want to know how he, like, connected with Sean and what exactly... They connected at a business conference. So he met Sean at a business conference. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if they... It was, like... I'm not sure exactly where Amber is located. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do a lot of research on it. Because okay. she's... Other than the affair and, like, their relationship... She came out and did an interview and was like, I did have an affair. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it was like... It doesn't really matter yeah. that much. Okay. They, so, after the party, they had sex but didn't use protection. Scott had said he didn't want children and regretted not taking precautions. He Hold told, on. <laughs> Hold up. I'm sorry. Hold up. You have a child, but I don't want kids. <laughs> like, it gets better, okay? He told Amber he would gladly raise her daughter as his own, but to prevent the possibility of Amber getting pregnant, he would get a vasectomy. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the look on my face. Oh my god. Amber found this, like, disturbing. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, goodbye. <laughs> she, wanted a, she wanted more of a family, and she mm-hmm. thought they were getting serious, mm-hmm. so it's like... You, and also, I'm sorry, you do not enter, like, the moment he says, I'll raise your kid as your own, but I don't want any more kids, it's like, no, because then you don't actually want kids, right. you just want, like, uh, that's, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. nope, screw you, Scott, I already right? hate you. Yeah, so going back to Lacey, mm-hmm. um, on, uh, or on December 23rd, it, uh, this is going to be more of, like, a timeline. This is, like, the information I got from, like, the documentary more so. And okay. they based it all off on the timeline. Okay. So, at 5.54 p.m., Lacey and Scott went to Lacey's sister Amy's salon to get salon, or to get Scott's haircut. Amy said that Scott offered to pick up a fruit basket that um, Lacey had ordered for her grandpa for a Christmas gift the next day because he would be golfing near where it would be picked up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Amy is the mistress. No, Amy, Amber is the mistress. Amber is, yeah, sorry. Amy is Lacey's half-sister. Okay, continue. Um, Scott also told other people he would be golfing on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, uh, early morning, Lacey gets up, and as soon as she gets up, she has to eat because she would get sick because she was pregnant. It was Mm -hmm. just one of those weird pregnancy things. Around 8 a.m., Scott gets up. Um, 9 to 10, Lacey watches some Martha Stewart. After watching that, she she was going to clean, mop the floor, and take the dog for a walk. Okay. Um, Scott had said the day prior he wanted to go golfing on this day, but, but decided it was too cold to go golfing, so he went fishing instead. Uh, I used to fish a lot when I was younger. Is and it I, colder on the water? I don't know a lot about deep sea fishing. I don't. Mm-hmm. But I would assume that if it's too cold to go golfing, wouldn't it be too cold to go fishing? Like, I know that people do deep sea fish in the winter because of certain migration patterns. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But if it's too cold to be standing on a golf course, wouldn't it be too cold to be on the water? Yeah, especially because, like, you have wind and, like, it's colder out there. And he didn't have, like, a professional boat. fish boat. It was, yeah. like a, it was like a, it was a nice regular boat. Maybe it's, like, because you can kind of just, like, bundle up and I sit guess. and wait for something to bite instead of being, like, out there. In the wind on the, I guess. I don't, that doesn't make I, a lot of sense It doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I literally have a question mark after that because <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. Um, between 9.20 and 9.40, a neighbor saw Scott loading umbrellas into his truck. Scott says, hey. The neighbor says, hey, back. The umbrellas, I'm not sure why it's pertinent. It didn't say any more about it. Maybe for the boat. I'm not sure. Um, Between 10.30 and 10.56, Scott went to his warehouse, which was about three miles away. Um, He was on his computer looking at information regarding some tools. Scott says he checked some emails, sent an email, hooked his boat up, and head to Berkeley Marina. And he also claims this takes about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Like, this is coming from Scott's mouth in the Mm -hmm. documentary. Um, at 10.18, their neighbor, Karen Service, found Lacey's dog, Mackenzie, wandering around outside with his leash still attached. 
Karen just takes the dog and puts it in the backyard and goes on about her business. Uh, what? Didn't think anything. Like, so that's unnormal for Lacey and Scott, for their dog to just be wandering around. And remember, Lacey was walking the dog. Right, okay, hold on. Even if the neighbor didn't know that Lacey was walking the dog, why is it not immediately a red flag if you see a dog with a leash still on? Right. Like, maybe she thought that he got away. Right. And Lacey couldn't. Okay, actually, maybe that makes sense. Maybe... She, but still, you would think you'd, like, knock on the door and be like, hey, I found your dog. Is everything okay? Is everything okay? Because, right. I mean, I can understand why that might not immediately think that something's wrong with the owner. Like, especially because she's pregnant. Like, maybe she's thinking, okay, the dog ran off. Lacey couldn't chase her down. I'll just put her in the backyard. But, like, why wouldn't you go and be like, hey, I found your dog. She's in the backyard. Yeah, just letting you know, like, just I found your you dog. Just letting you know, yeah. Because right. they yeah. have to be close by. I mean, maybe unless they got... That, that has to be a very like, loopy line of thinking to be like, okay, well, maybe they got in their car and drove off, because, like, I don't know if, how their, like, driveway set. I don't know. That, yeah. That, I mean, um, so she just, I'm not blaming this woman, right. but still, that's She just me. put the dog in the backyard and went on about her business. Mm-mm. So, at 12.54, Scott has a receipt from parking his truck at the Berkeley Marina, so he was confirmed at the marina. Mm-hmm. Um, he was out on the water about 1 to 2 p.m., so about an hour. Um, at 2.15, Scott leaves the marina and calls Lacey. Tries to call. No answer. He leaves a voicemail. Hey, beautiful. I just left a message at home. It's 2.15. I'm leaving Berkeley. I won't be able to go to Vela Farms and get that basket for Papa. I was hoping you would get this message and go on out there. I'll see you in a little bit, sweetie. I love you. Bye. That's the voicemail he left her. It's Uh, weird to me that he specified the time. Yeah, it was a little weird to me, too, that he was like, it's 2.15. Like, I mean, I guess because he was leaving a voicemail, if she wasn't home, then he would know that... But don't they give you, like, times for that? I'm wondering if he, like... If they had fights, because I didn't see anything about this either, so if anybody knows a little more, um, but I didn't see anything about if they were fight, like she suspected that he was cheating, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not sure, so maybe she, like, did suspect he was cheating on her, so he was like, it's 2.15, I'm leaving the marina, there's my proof. Well, I'm thinking maybe also, I'm trying to think about it, like, I'm trying very... to think about it in a situation, like, if Devin did that to me, why would he do that? Right, but also, I'm thinking, like, a lot of times if I'm on the phone, I'll be like, okay, I'm doing this thing, and then just, like, absentmindedly be like, okay, what time is it? Oh, it's this time, so I'm gonna be doing this. So maybe it's So that's... maybe he was like, hey, honey, I'm leaving the marina now, it's, like, 2.15, and, you know, like, that could that could be a very yeah. innocent thing. It seems kind of odd, but also, I could imagine a situation where that would just be, because I've, I've done that before. Right. Where I'm just like, oh, it's this time, whatever. I still mm-hmm. hate him, but I don't necessarily think that that's, I'm assuming that where we're leading up to is that Lacey is dead. Yeah. Um, I don't know that him just saying what time it is on the voicemail is indication of right. guilt. But yeah. we'll see. Um, so at 4.30, he drops the boat off at the warehouse. And then Scott, Scott claims he went straight home after dropping the boat off. So he dropped the boat off, went home. When Scott got home, Lacey wasn't there. He said the only unusual things were the leash being attached to Mackenzie in the backyard. And then the door was unlocked. Um, he just assumed she was at her mom's. But why would Mackenzie still... Leash on dog, strange. Door unlocked, strange. Sure, those are the only two things that are strange, but those are two very strange also, things. Also, her car was still in the driveway. Oh, okay. Hold up. She's not there. Her car's in the driveway. Doors, doors unlocked. Her car is still in the driveway. But she's at her mom's. I mean, I guess her mom could have came and picked her up. That's not unusual. Okay, yeah, but why would you leave your dog in the front yard? Because he wasn't leash. on, like, a runner or anything. He was just, like, Mackenzie was just running around free will. I thought, wait, hold on. I thought the neighbor put her in the backyard. Well, she, he, yeah, she did. But I was saying, like, originally she was, or Mackenzie was just running around doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. It makes, it really confuses me. Like, 
I get the names confused. So if I misgender this dog, I'm sorry. Um, the dog, it's okay. Um, but so Mackenzie's just running around doing his thing. The door's unlocked and her car's there. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, and no, the most and I I just that that's sketchy. That's sketchy enough for you to be like, okay, something's definitely wrong. Right. And then if you think. Oh, maybe she's at her mom's. Did he call her mom and see if she was there? Yeah, eventually okay. he did. Yeah, eventually. Well, okay. So he gets home. Uh, he did a load of laundry. Uh, pff, he grabbed some leftover pizza and got a glass of milk. Ew. Yeah, pizza and milk. Ugh. That's enough to put him in jail right there. Right, <laughs> right to jail. Right. Took a shower, got dressed, and after that, he called Lacey's mom, Sharon, and asked if she was there. Sharon said no. Um, and then Scott said the car was there at the house and the dog was there, but Lacey wasn't. At 547, Lacey's stepdad calls 911. So, also noted, I didn't mention this earlier, um, Lacey's stepdad raised Lacey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, at 6, the Modesto police arrived where they met with Scott and Sharon in the the park, kind of, where she was supposed to be walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, they come back to the house and detectives John Bueller and Al Brocchini started checking every inch of the house. Like, every, they were pulling out every drawer, opening every closet door. Mm-hmm. Anything that they could look, they did. No signs of forced entry, no signs of struggle, no evidence of bloodshed, nothing. Nothing in the house. But Lacey's missing. Lacey's I'm still hung gone. up on the fact that he didn't immediately call her mom. Maybe well, that's just my anxiety speaking, but also I feel like that's just pretty normal behavior. Well, also, if I, I'm just trying to think, like, in my own personal, like, we keep our door locked all the time. Mm-hmm. Unless one of, like, I'm over here, mm-hmm. Noah's at the house, the door isn't locked because I don't have my keys. Mm-hmm. Someone's at my house. Mm-hmm. I don't leave my door unlocked when I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And, Especially in California. But I think yeah. that if Devin wasn't home. Hi, Sophie. Sophie. I think that if Devin wasn't home and his car was there, I would probably be calling mm-hmm. whoever I need to to figure out where he's at because it's not a normal thing for him and I don't I don't understand why he would just assume instead of just calling and being like hey or, or even texting Lacey. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like if if it is normal behavior for her mom to come and pick her up and her to go hang out over there and she leaves the door unlocked, Sometimes, if that's normal behavior and she's done it before, then sure, the leash being on the dog still would be strange, but not necessarily enough to cause alarm. But if if that's not something she does often, why would that not be your exactly. first? And I, I mean, maybe, assuming, saying that maybe he didn't kill her. Let's say he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't gotten far enough in that, and I don't know anything else about the story. But assuming that he did not kill her. Could it be maybe that he wasn't as concerned because on some kind of subconscious level, he didn't want to be with her anymore? That's a possible because... Like, maybe subconsciously he's like, well, this is weird, but he's not... Because, like, you and I would immediately be like, okay, that's out of the usual for you. I need to find out immediately where you are because we are both in very healthy and happy relationships where the other person's well-being is something that's, like, top priority. But if he didn't want any extra kids and he was already cheating on his wife, why it wouldn't necessarily... It's almost like he's just checked out in the marriage and just doesn't care. Yeah, which is, like... he cares to a degree, mm -hmm. but not enough to just freak out because the door's unlocked, Mackenzie's running around in the yard, and her car is there. Yeah, so either he killed her or he doesn't give a shit because he's a bad husband i really we'll get we'll get there okay um scott was very cooperative with the police mm-hmm. um when it went in an interview with the police they asked about marriage problems scott said no ah screw that 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say that maybe no marriage problems, but I think having an affair is That's having a, huge, a marriage, problem, marriage problem. Even if she doesn't know, you know what I mean? But also, if he would have said yes, that immediately makes him a suspect because it's like, oh, you killed her because you're having an affair. Which, later on, we'll get there, but Scott does raise suspicion with the detectives in the case, mm-hmm. like, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. But while he's interviewing, he was like, no, but if he would have said yes, like, and the detectives really wanted to clear Scott. Mm-hmm. They were like, my priority is to clear you of suspicion. Right. So Innocent until proven guilty. Right. How, well, I mean, my, I mean, my priority is to find Lacey, but right. then my other priority is to clear you of suspicion. So, hello? How long <laughs> has she been there? <laughs> She's been there for, like, a minute. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Sophie scared the shit out of me. I just turn around and my cat's sitting behind me on my desk. Sophie, do you have anything to say for our friends? Sophie. If that was Genji, he would be yelling. Scream. I wonder <laughs> if they can hear your purring. <laughs> I'll hold you like a baby. So cute. Lee, though, which is Scott's dad, said that when Scott called them, he was like hard to understand and like really, really upset. Like distressed. Okay. Detective Bueller, I'm going to butcher his name every time, but said he expected Scott to ask more questions about the investigation. And he said that his behavior was very different. He seemed disinterested in the investigation. Like, he wasn't asking, what are you doing next? What are the next steps? Like, who are you going to interview? How are we going to find my wife? Exactly. He didn't ask any of those questions. So, on Christmas Eve, Detective Brocchini asked Scott to take a polygraph to eliminate him as a suspect, and Scott agreed. Uh, you know, Scott was like, these are accurate, right? Like, if I take this and I pass, that's going to clear me a suspicion. And he was like, I do believe that they are accurate and they do work. So, yes. Lee's father advised him against it, though. And he said that if it was fine, they wouldn't hear anything about it. But if something was off, like, they thought that if one thing was off, that's a sign of guilt. So his father advised him against it. Um, I'm not sure if he did take it or not. He didn't take it. He did not take it. Um... In an interview, uh, one of the detectives called him about the media, and he was like, you know, we're going to have to tell them that you are cooperative, but you're not completely cooperative. Right. And he was like, just so you're ready for that. Yeah. They're going to ask about the polygraph test. You didn't take it. Right. So on, so on. And not taking a polygraph test is already kind of an admission Exactly. I kind of get where the stepdad was coming, or where his dad was coming from a little bit, but also I think that instantly declining to take a polygraph test just immediately shows your guilt. Well, and I think it's it's different now that we know that polygraphs can be very... Hit or miss. I don't necessarily think that polygraphs should be taken as, like... Evidence. Evident. I don't think that they should be taken as, as hard evidence of fact as they typically are. Because there is so much room for, like, they're, they're not hard and fast, you know, truths. Exactly. They can be wrong. They can be, there's a lot that can go wrong with the polygraph. So I can understand not wanting to take it, but I can also understand why not wanting to take it. Especially because this was what year? This was 02. Oh, two. Yeah. So especially back then, like that would look a lot more right. suspicious than I think it probably would now. Like now it's, you know, we have a little bit more of an idea of the fact that polygraphs are just kind of sketch sometimes and maybe it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Like to me, if I heard somebody say like, I don't necessarily want to take a polygraph, it would not immediately light it up in my mind. Exactly. That's a problem, you know? But in, in 2002, someone, their wife is missing mm-hmm. and you are a person of interest and you say, I don't want to take one. That's kind of sus. Mm-hmm. Um, on two th- or I'm sorry, on the day after Christmas, reporters catch wind of the investigation and one reporter, Ted Rollins, shows up at Lacey and Scott's house and starts reporting. He was the first reporter to report on it and then it just blew up from there. Mm-hmm. There was suspicion around Scott's alibi. Mm-hmm. They 
were like, well, how do we know he was fishing other than his ticket? Other than the ticket being at the marina. I mean, he could have just gotten the ticket and left. Exactly. Well, it's like, was anybody there fishing with him? Right. Like, was he alone? And then... Cameras? Anything? Exactly. So investigators or reporters were asking these questions to the investigators and the investor... And the police chief was like, I'm not going to speculate. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to touch on this this time. When we have an answer for you, we will give it to you. But right now, that's not important mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. Um, well, especially because she was a missing person. Not that they found her dead. Exactly. So, like, the the thing so is, a- we want to find... Uh, right now, we're not necessarily worried about who or what took her. Or necessarily worried about, like, who may have been responsible for her being gone. We just want exactly. to find her. Exactly. Like, and then we'll right worry... Now, exactly. Yeah, like, well, right now, she is a missing person. We need to figure out if she left on her own. Mm-hmm. If someone took her. Like, we need to figure out those kinds of things. Which, also, for Lacey to just up and leave was very out of character for her. Mm-hmm. Um, just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a massive turnout for people to help look for her. Um, there was roughly 850 tips that came into the police. Um, dozens of people came forward and said they had seen Lacey walking McKenzie down the street, but police didn't follow up on any of these tips. There was like 12 people who had said that they had seen McKenzie and they interviewed three of them. So on December 26th, still, the police came back with a search warrant for the property. Someone advised Scott to get a lawyer um, and Scott was more so concerned about what his signature was going to mean on the paper instead of like, he wasn't necessarily against them searching the property, but he wanted to know what his signature was going to be used for. So, so he was waiting on a lawyer, lawyer took too long. They got a search warrant, came and searched the property. Okay, so he was saying, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with you searching my house, but I want to make sure that by me agreeing to mm-hmm. you searching my house, I'm not actually agreeing to anything yeah. beyond that that I don't want to agree exactly. to. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, several pieces of evidence were removed. Two cars um, and two computers had been removed to be processed. Peterson had told uh, Amber that he would be in Paris for New Year's, which, remind you, his wife died Christmas Eve, or is missing, I'm sorry. She's missing Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. His wife is still missing. Mm-hmm. Amber still doesn't know. God. Um, he called her often during his travels, and on December 29th, Richard Beard, a friend Hold of on, wait, did he actually go to Paris? No. Okay. No. He, sorry, uh, you he said was, during his travels, yeah. and I thought... Yeah, so he travels a lot for work. Okay. So it's like, he would go to certain places, and like, I mean, I'm sure that he would, because of his business, travel to some countries, mm-hmm. but he was not in Paris on New Year's. Mm-hmm. He was in California. Mm-hmm. Um, on December 29th, Richard Beard, a friend of Frey's, and also a Frenzo homicide detective, informed Amber that Peterson was married and his pregnant wife was missing. So this is when she finds out that her two-month relationship, or three-month relationship, no, it was like a month and a half, two months. So wait a minute, Amber... Is friends with somebody working on the case? I don't think that he's working on the case. I think he's just a homicide detective in general. And then and he heard wind and... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> what a oh, way to find out. God. Um, once she was informed, she contacted the police and agreed to assist in investigation by taping future phone calls. So yeah. she was very cooperative. Good. I like Amber. Yeah, I, I really... I, I do like Amber and I feel really, really bad for her. They were sporadic over the holidays. One notable conversation occurred on the 31st of December when he told her that he was in Paris at a bar with friends and described the awesome firework display at the Eiffel Tower. He was very elaborate with his lies. 
And during this, they had some visuals going on for mm-hmm. her, and he was, like, at them telling her he was in Paris. Yes! He's insane! Scott is what insane! In like, so even if he didn't kill his wife, I'm not gonna get into this yet, whether he did or did not. He is an insane person. Yeah, he's a pathological liar and a piece of shit who cheated, regardless of whether or not he <laughs> killed her, he cheated on his pregnant wife. Yes. Cheated on his wife. Cheated yeah. on his partner. So, Period. That's so now, mind up. you, he does not know that Amber knows. So he is unaware that Amber knows that he's married. So on January 6th, he finally admits to being married and is like, but I didn't do it. Like, she's married and she's missing, but I'm not involved. Did he do that just because he was, like, afraid of the the media attention and it getting back to her somewhere else? Yeah. Um, And on January 17th, 2003, it became known that Peterson was engaged in two other affairs before Amber. So he had cheated on her, like, three or four times. He was, like, known to be cheating on Lacey. Yeah. Um, at a January 24, 2003 press conference, Lacey's family publicly withdrew their support from him because they were very supportive. They were like, there's no way he could have done this. He didn't do anything to our daughter. But then they found, I mean, I, I would, even if I didn't think that he killed her, I still wouldn't be in the public being like, oh, he's a great guy who would never do anything to harm her because obviously he's cheated on her multiple times. Did his family or her know about the prior affairs? No. So when they found out, that's when they were like, no, Mm -hmm. no more. Um, In particular, upon seeing photos of of Scott and Amber together to like prove that they Mm -hmm. were in a relationship together. Uh, Lacey's brother, Brent, stated that although he had admitted to an affair in a year earlier in January 16, 2003, phone conversation following Lacey's disappearance, Peterson had ceased communication with Lacey's family in regard to what happened to her, and they later said that they were angered not by the affair, but by the fact that Scott had told Amber that he had lost his wife on December 9, 2002, 14 days before she had disappeared. So, I mean, I would be pissed too. That's weird, right? It's weird, and it's, even if he... Because at this point, they don't know she's dead, right? Correct. Okay. She's still a missing person. She's still... Wait, to at this, this day? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, so no, at no, this no. point, she's still a missing person. So they don't necessarily know that anything is wrong with her, but still, you do not fake somebody's death. Right. That is messed Exactly. Up. So messed up. My mom told me a story one time about how um, she was, like, a manager at a restaurant, like, a long time ago, I think before I was born, um, and she was working, one of her employees was like, hey, I can't come in tonight, my grandmother died. And my mom was like, I'm so sorry, that's so heartbreaking, I'm so, so sorry that that happened to you, blah, 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 whatever. I think she actually even said that the business was going to send flowers to his funeral. I have to double check on her. I don't know if she said that they tried to, or if they did, or if she just wanted to, what the situation was. But then, not that long after, I think it was maybe like a year or two or something like that after that, that same employee tried to call out again. Because his grandmother died? And my mom was like, how many grandmas do you have? Like, he he, his, he was basically faking that his grandmother right. had died to get out of work. And, like, I get you that he could have had two grandmothers, but no, it was... I, I don't, don't know why, but my mom... You don't do shit like that, Yeah, man. no. You my, do not do shit like that. No, you don't... You don't... One, you don't manifest that shit. Two, you don't... You just don't lie about that. That's so messed up. It like, is. It... it it would have been so much better off if he had just... I mean, well, it would have been so much better off if he hadn't cheated on her bandwidth. But why, whenever faced with that kind of confrontation, yeah. would that be the first I thing mean, you come up with? He had this whole sob story that he had lost his wife and this was the first major holiday he was spending without her. Like, he had this whole sob story. Mm-hmm. Just admit that you're a piece of shit and move on. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um, on April 13th, 2003, a couple walking their dog... Okay, this is gonna get a little graphic. Okay. Uh, this is about... Lacey and Connor. Okay, this is a little graphic. It's not like anything terrible, but you might want to 
Yeah. A couple walking their dog found a decomposing body of a small baby in a marshy area of San Francisco Bay um, in the shoreline north of Berkeley. Its umbilical cord was still attached. Uh, A day later, a passerby found the torso of a recently pregnant woman wearing beige pants and a maternity bra on the eastern shore of the bay along a rocky shoreline of the same park one mile away from where the baby's body was found. I'm going to let us uh, sit on this for a second before I get into more of it. How pregnant was she? She was eight and a half months pregnant. She was almost at term. Some sources said seven and a half. Some said eight and a half. I think it but was eight and a half. But they found the baby's body and her body separately? I'll kind of get into that. You said they that. found the torso. Does that mean that her head wasn't attached? I guess. I didn't look into a lot of that because I don't. Yeah. I, it's, that, so I, you don't have to explain I, it. I don't. I don't. Once you, once you go looking for that shit, you find pictures and then and they I stick don't. with you forever. And mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Not, especially not this case. Like mm-hmm. she deserved ten times better than someone like oh, Scott Peterson. Oh God. They found <laughs> the umbilical cord still attached. Yeah. Um, to the baby or to her? To the baby. Oh my God. All right. We ready? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but go on anyway. Okay. Um, the corpse was decomposed to the point of being almost unrecognizable as a human body since the head, arms, most of the legs, and the internal organs, except for the uterus, were missing. <gasps> when was this? Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. On April 13th. So, she went missing December 24th. January, February, March, April. This is almost four months later. Three and a half months later. Her... I'm sorry. Everything was missing except for her uterus. On April 18th, the results of DNA tests confirmed that it was Lacey and Connor. Um, according to the autopsy, though, Connor's skin was not decomposed at all, though the right side of his body was mutilated and the placenta and the umbilical cord were not found with the body. Lacey's cervix was intact. The exact date and cause of Lacey's death was never determined. She had suffered- Wait, her cervix was intact? Oh my god. That means that it cut the baby out. Yeah. Well, I read that they might have cut the baby out were also because it had been so long that the baby just naturally passed. But I guess her cervix was intact. Yeah. I don't think that's possible. Whoever did this to her is, I hope that they rot in hell. (laughs) Forever and ever. That can't, that can't, I don't think that, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's, it's an almost full term baby. Well, also think she was, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. She was decomposing also, and also she was like her torso was away from her her torso was her torso so oh my god yeah i don't i don't know i don't want to know um she did have suffered she did suffer two crack ribs but the doctor his name was dr peterson there was no relation. no relation um he couldn't determine if this occurred before or after her upper torso had been emptied of organs except for the uterus as we had said which protected the fetus, explaining the lower level decomp- decomposition it experienced. Talking about the fetus. This has to be a crime of passion, right? Like, it has to be. Or just a really sick motherfucker. Pardon my language, but God. God, yeah. Boy? God, uh, this is a heavy episode. Yeah. Jesus. He determined the fetus had been expelled from Lacey's decaying body, though he could not determine whether it was alive or dead when this occurred. So. Had been expelled? Like. Okay, but you, like, umbilical cords don't just right. They cut don't, themselves. Exactly. It, 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 well, the placenta wasn't near it. I was gonna say, the placenta wasn't near it. The baby wasn't that close to her. Like, it's not just like it was found. Yeah. Oh, no. Some, somebody has removed the baby. Mm-hmm. The discovery of the bodies created oh a greater sense of urgency from Brockney and Bueller. Okay, that's, we're through the graphic parts. Okay. Um, 
who had put a tracker on Peterson's car. Lovely. Um, yeah, knowing that he was in San Diego at the time, because the bodies had, it had been reported, they found Lacey and Connor. Uh, they were afraid he was going to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. They're in San Diego. Peterson's fishing boat that linked them with hairs recovered from Lacey's hairbrush. So, okay, yeah. So there were, Lacey's hairbrush was, re, like, found, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then the authorities also searched Peterson's pickup truck, toolbox, warehouse, and boat. And after Peterson was arrested, police conducted further searches in the bay in an attempt to locate handmade concrete anchors they believe weighed down Lacey's body while it was underwater. Nothing was ever found. How did they, where did, I'm sorry, where did they find it again? In a, in a bay. marsh? In a bay? They found the baby in a marsh, like a marshy area, and then Lacey was found in a bay. So they weren't even, I don't know how close together they were, but they were found days apart. Like, it was like, yeah. Connor was found one day, Lacey was found the exact, or the next day. Did they ever find the rest of her? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, he was arrested on April 18th, 2003, near a golf course. He told his brother, you wait till you listen to this shit, Okay. okay. He told police that he was meeting his father and a brother for a game of golf. He na- His naturally dark brown hair was now blonde. Oh, no. His Mercedes-Benz was overstuffed with miscellaneous items, including nearly $15,000 in cash, mm-hmm. 12 Viagra tablets, survival gear, oh. camping equipment, several changes of clothes, four cell phones, his brother's driver's license, and his own. Yeah. Okay, so wait. I'm going to reread this again just so Please you can... Please do. I'm going to reread you. everything that he has just so... I'm gonna, also, I want to show you pictures of Scott and Lacey, too. Okay. Um, also, rem- tell me, he was golfing whenever he found out? Uh, so he... That he was golfing when he was arrested, or he was about to go golfing. He, he had naturally dark hair, was mm-hmm. now blonde. His Mercedes was overstuffed with miscellaneous items. He um, had $15,000 in cash, 12 Viagra tablets. That that messes me up so hard. Survival gear, camping equipment, several changes of clothes, four cell phones, and his brother's driver's license. But I'm just going golfing. Yep. Well, this is what his dad said about him having his brother's driver's license. Uh, Lee explained that he used his brother's license the day before to get a San Diego resident discount at a golf course in the Peterson... I'm sorry, and that Peterson had been living out of his car because of the media attention. Mm-mm. N- right? With, with 15000 Okay. With family who lives in town, you're not going to live in your car where you are that much more susceptible. If also, you don't want to live in your home... His parents are wealthy. Exactly. So it's like, you, your parents are going to make you live in your house, Scott. Yeah, no. Get a grip. Get yeah. a grip. No. He, he would not live in his car because then he's going to be so much more accessible to be seen by people. <laughs> right? He would move in... With one of his family members, or buy a new house, or do some shit like that. The the ID thing, okay, maybe. Are they twins? Is that why? I don't think so. Or maybe they just look a lot alike yeah, to where like, he could... like me and my sister look a lot look alike. Look a lot of... He was obviously trying to disguise himself. Mm-hmm. Very obviously. They really were a very cute couple. Also, if he was living out of his car, why would he need survival gear, camping equipment, $15,000 in cash? And 12 Viagra pills? And 12 Viagra pills! What are you doing? Bringing ladies home to your Mercedes? Right. Yeah, right, like... Hey, ladies, my wife just got found in the bay, but I have 12 Viagra pills in my car, and I'm living out of my car. Are you trying to hang? You trying to hook up? If we get locked in, we can jimmy ourselves out with my brother's driver's license. (laughs) My $15,000. My survival gear. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, On April 21st, uh, 2003, he was arranged before Judge Nancy Ashley in... Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, Stainless, Stainless, Stainless County, Stanislaus, maybe Stanislaus County Superior Court. Anyways, he was he was uh 
presented in front of a judge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> um, he was charged with two felony counts of murder with premeditated and special circumstances, the first degree murder of Lacey and second degree murder of Connor. He pled not guilty and was held with bail. So let's talk about the trial. Um, before his arraignment, uh, Peterson had been represented by Kirk McAllister, a veteran criminal defense attorney from Modesto. Um, Chief Deputy Kent Faulkner was also assigned to the case. Uh, Scott later indicated that he could afford a private attorney named Mark Garagos, who had done other high-profile criminal defense work. Um, on January 20th, 2004, a judge changed the venue of the trial from Modesto to Redwood City because of the he was there was a lot of hostility, a mm-hmm. lot of media coverage. Um, his trial began on June 1st, 2004, and was followed closely by the news media. The lead prosecutor was Rick DeZasto, um, while Garagos led Scott's defense. In opening statements, Garagos claimed Peterson was a cad for cheating on Lacey, but was not a murderer. So, also, keep in mind the only evidence that they found, they found no evidence whatsoever leading back to Scott. Not a single thing. The only thing that they found was a pair of pliers that had hair in it, which... I have hair all over my house. Mm-hmm. Literally on everything that I own, you're going to find. Well, so you're not going to dismember and disembowel a body with a pair of pliers. Exactly. Um, they didn't have any evidence leading them to anything. Nothing. Jesus Christ. Not a single thing. But the pliers, which was just her hair. Which that could have just been anything. Mm-hmm. Um, prosecutors claimed that he had made cement anchors to weigh his wife's body down in San Francisco Bay. However, none were found when the bay was searched. Even though the sonar, it located, like, small objects on the seafloor. Um, but his defense lawyers based their case on the lack of direct evidence and played down the significance of circumstantial evidence. Like him having a getaway car. Yeah, and that, the dyeing hair. The dyeing the hair thing, I could maybe let go. I could Based get it. on trying not to be recognized in the streets by it, people and not being harassed. what I was just about to I say. I can let that go, but the getaway car? That, mm-mm. right. Nothing else makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. Mm-mm. Um, they suggested the fetal remains were of a full-term infant and theorized that someone kidnapped Lacey, held her until she gave birth, and then dumped bodies in the bay. The prosecutor's medical experts con- contended, yeah, that the baby was not full-term and died at the same time as his mother. So they argued that, okay, this baby is full-term, and then they were like, nope. So when Lacey died, the baby died. Who knows? Who knows how it actually went down? The baby. Well, I mean, if the doctor did an examination, they can tell that. Like, yeah. Well, the baby was eight and a half months old. So if the baby, the baby would have lived mm-hmm. had it been brought out from. Yeah. Like if if somebody had like forced her into a C-section or something like that, right? The baby would have lived. lived. Yeah. yeah. Um, a single hair. Yeah. So a single hair was the only piece of forensic evidence that was identified. The hair matched through DNA comparison to Lacey from Lacey's hairbrush was stuck to pliers found on his boat. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, if it was, like, stuck with blood, maybe that no would be, but splatter, just... No blood splatter, nothing. No sign of forced entry. It's no just the hair on just a piece of pliers on a boat that I'm assuming they both use. Right. Yeah, that's not... Right. There's hair all over this freaking house. Exactly, like, dude. Like, exactly. So, the verdict. On November 12th... I already know I'm not gonna like this. On November Sorry. 12th, 2004, the jury convicted him of two counts of murder, first degree murder, and then uh, with special circumstances for killing Lacey, and then the second degree murder for killing the fetus she carried. The penalty phase of the trial began on November 30th and concluded December 13th when the jury rendered a sentence of death. Um, Whoa. Yep. He was sentenced to death with lethal injection. Holy shit. Okay, keep going. On March 16th, Judge Alfred DeLuke? DeLuke? Yep. 
followed the jury verdict, sentencing him to death by lethal injection and ordering him to pay $10,000 towards the cost of Lacey's funeral, calling the murder of Lacey cruel, uncaring, heartless, and callous. In later press appearances, members of the jury stated that they believed Scott's demeanor, specifically his lack of emotion, and the phone calls to Amber in the direct following Lacey and the days following Lacey's disappearance indicated his guilt. Yeah. Right. So it's like That's valid. Your wife is missing and you're calling your mistress. I really feel bad for Amber, dude. Mm-hmm. I cannot express to you enough how bad I feel for Amber. Like it's so so shitty. I didn't know anything about this case. I don't know why I thought that Amber Fry sounded familiar, but I didn't know shit. So about I didn't this. either and my aunt was like, Please cover this and it just like I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I mean we still got a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like the trial and then his appeal, but I don't know how I feel. I I don't I, I can't I don't know. Um, on October 21st, 2005, a judge ruled the proceeds from a 250000 life insurance policy Scott took out on Lacey would go to Lacey's mother, which was reaffirmed by the 5th District Court. He took out a life insurance policy? On October 21st, 2005. That man has never listened to a true crime podcast in his life. Nope. He, well, it went to her mom. He didn't get a single dime of it. If you take out life insurance (laughs) for yourself and then dictate a beneficiary that's not sketchy if she had already had life insurance and he was the beneficiary i wouldn't blink twice at that but the second that you take out a life insurance policy on somebody else you have either already killed them or are planning to like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that he took out on her Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh no if i ever find out that anybody in my life has a life insurance policy on me i am hiring a private security guard immediately because there is no you don't need a private security guard you got me your little bulldog that's true honestly <laughs> like there, there is no no reason for any one person to take out a life insurance policy on another person because if that person knew about the life insurance policy they just take it out their own damn self and then make you the beneficiary yep that is uh-uh listen i i there was a tiny tiny part of me that was like man i'm gonna feel really really bad if this guy didn't actually do it that would really suck for him but no yeah no he took out the life insurance policy as far as i'm concerned he's guilty screw um, that sorry keep talking no you're good um his automatic appeal was filed in the California Supreme Court on July 5th, 2012, and then he arrived at San Quentin State Prison in the early morning hours of Wednesday, March 17th, 2005. He was reported not to have slept the night before, being too jazzed to sleep. Uh, September 2006, former what? congressman- I'm sorry, hold on. Jazzed? Yep. <laughs> Did he sneak those Viagra pills into prison with him? <laughs> The hell does that mean to jazz? My wife is dead and dismembered and disemboweled, and I have been sentenced to death, but I'm just too jazzed to sleep, man. I can't man. sleep, man. That's, I mean, I'm I can vibing. Imagine, I can imagine not being able to sleep because, like, all of those other things, but to describe it as being jazzed? Yep. Uh. Yep. I'm in September 2006, former Congressman William Denemeyer. Y'all need to get in... Normal ass names. Easier names so I can pronounce them, please. I'm begging. As far as I'm concerned, you're all Smiths. (laughs) Anyways. um, This congressman sent a letter to the California Attorney General and other officials arguing that Lacey had been killed by members of a satanic cult and not by Scott. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Why did a congressman take it upon himself? <laughs> I don't know. It's the congressman with the weird-ass last name, so I expect nothing more. Maybe because his parents were so wealthy, they had connections. Probably. But also, as a congressperson, that that ain't your job. Right. I have no idea. What in the hell? I have no idea, yeah. So, let's talk about Scott's appeal. Um, on 
on July 6, 2012, his attorney, Cliff Gardner, filed a 423-page appeal on his sentence, stating that the publicity surrounding the trial, incorrect evidentiary, evidentiary rulings, and other mistakes deprived Scott of a fair trial. Yeah, that's a stretch, but all right. Agreed. I'll allow it. In November 2015, the defense filed a habeas corpus petition. Ah! Claiming that a juror lied on her jury application and that there was evidence that neighbor saw Lacey arrive alive after Scott left home. Like, yeah, no shit. Scott left before she left the house. Mm-hmm. Like, no shit they saw her alive. <laughs> like, what? That doesn't mean he couldn't come back. I'm curious how, what the juror supposedly lied about. Yeah. It didn't say, but I am curious. Um, on August 10th, 2000. Hold on, I didn't think about the timing of that that much so she was still home he left went to his warehouse went to the docks and came she back. was she yeah she left after he left but he also that has to be according to him so correct like correct uh, okay then the only evidence the only part of alibi that he has is a 1253 mm-hmm. ticket for his truck mm-hmm. that's it and then other than the 1040 to 1050, the neighbor saying hi. That's it. That's the only alibi. Yeah, I mean, it could be really unrealistic for him to have come all the way back, but also not impossible. How He waited so long to tell anybody that she was missing, was supposedly. Also, well, he got home supposedly at 4... He got back to load the dock at 4, so he got home about 435. He called her mom. No, it had to have been like four. Called his mom at called her mom at five. Police showed up at six, I think five fifty. Five fifty is when they called the police, and the police showed up at six. He also could have had somebody in on it with him. That's why I don't. I think it's kind of similar to like the Courtney situ like Courtney Kurt situation. I think maybe if he did do it, I don't think his hands were the ones that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that he just wanted out of the marriage. I don't think he wanted kids. I think he wanted out of the marriage. He could have hired somebody. Yep. He could have done... He was I mean, wealthy. He, they, he had was a wealthy. lot of money. He had, he had a lot he could do. So, when he... Before he got his better job... Well, no, I guess it was the same job. He was making $5,000 a week in 2002. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't really know what a hitman runs for, but... Right. But still, $5,000 in 2002, this man was loaded. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily... I, it, it would take quite a bit for his hands to be the one who did all of the things, but it wouldn't take very much for his money to be the thing that exactly led someone else's hands to do exactly. it. Exactly. Um, Which is still, that's still murder. Like, murder for hire is still murder. <laughs> like, it's, it's I not. I mean, it's like Joe Exotic is literally in jail for murder for hire. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally, he hired, and she's not even dead. Right? <laughs> like, he failed his job, and he's still in prison. Right. <laughs> like. Too gay to be pardoned by President Trump, according <laughs> to his Twitter, that I don't understand how he has in prison. You know what? Me either, but whatever. I don't, un- I, oh, God. I saw a TikTok the other day. Listen, I don't understand how I ended up on prison TikTok, but I did. I saw. Uh, can we just talk about how great prison TikTok is? And also, can we just talk about how we talk about TikTok every video? Or Literally every... every video. It's okay. I, I don't. I have no regrets. But I saw a TikTok of this guy doing a dance from inside prison. I'm I, like, who took that video? I ended up on, it's a rare occasion to end up on prison TikTok. Okay. That's the first time it's ever happened to me. I do it every so often, and every time that I do it, I'm like, yes, I but love how? it. I don't know, but I 
love it. I don't. I, I don't understand. I love it. Like, it's not that I don't like it. Like, I mean, he, he did the dance well. I was and like, I mean. It's funny to me. I don't understand. I don't understand how they sneak their phones. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, but I, I love it. I think it's so hilarious that anyway. they're just dancing in prison. God, I love it. They have to have some kind of, like, sentence that they can't get out of to risk like right. getting because they always go viral. They always go <laughs> and viral, know, and you know that someone there has seen it. You know that the warden's daughter is gonna be like, "Daddy, don't right. you work here?" Right, exactly. Anyway, sorry. <sighs> no, you're good. Um, on August tenth, two thousand seventeen, the state attorney general responded to the appeal by filing a hundred and fifty page document contesting the notion disputing the claims put forward in the appeal, stating the appeal ignored overwhelming evidence that Peterson murdered Lacey. I have a lot of, I have a lot of feels, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about any of them. Yeah. In August of 2018, so these are all recent. Yeah. Um, the defense filed a reply. So he's still alive right now. Yeah. Like, just waiting for death? He's in prison. Yeah. Okay. Um, the defense filed a reply. The six brief filed. The brief included six claims of deficient performance by trial attorney Mark Garrigo, such as failing to call experts in fetal growth, Dog scent, how bodies move in water, stating he would call witnesses but failing to follow through on this and failing to properly address burglary evidence. The house across the street from them was supposedly being burglarized. When? At the same time? <sighs> Around when Lacey went missing, yeah. So they didn't find any signs of forced entry or anything Not like in that. their house. So the house across from them. I know, but why would that... How would... She's not just being like, oh, you guys just burgled that house? Come on in! Right. Like, that doesn't make any I sense. I guess what... I guess it was like maybe she was out on the street. They just burglarized. I guess that's where they were coming from, and they would have kidnapped her and forced her to have her child. They, yeah, I was gonna say they burglarized the house and then and disemboweled then a pregnant woman. Yeah, right. No. Um, on June. 2nd, if you're if you're just trying to cover up, you're not gonna go to that kind of length. You're just gonna shoot her. Right. Exactly. Like it, it, that's and that's the thing. Not gonna it's force not, this woman to have her baby and then exactly. And it's not just that's the thing is that it's not just a murder. It's a like, crime of passion. It's not just it's not just somebody, not that there's anything better about being shot in the head, but there is something deeply personal yep. about not only dismembering, but then disemboweling, yeah. including a child. Like, you have... Uh, yep. No. That is a very specific... <laughs> it is a crime of passion. ...kind of evil. Yeah. Um, on June 2nd, 2020. So... I don't... I'm sorry. No, I don't fine. know that it could be even considered a crime of passion, though, because aren't crimes of passion things that, like... To, oh, yeah, I guess to you're do right. that kind of planning to be able to like do what they did to her body and to the baby. Crimes of passion, I'm pretty sure, are things that just like they happen. Like it's well, like crimes a, of passions I, you're, are kind of like extremes. Like you stab somebody 76 times, like that's a crime of passion. Yeah, but also <clears> it's <throat> not something. It's not necessarily premeditated. Yeah, like you, a crime of passion. Crime of passions are premeditated. I think. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, Someone correct us. Hold on, I'm gonna just look correct it. Correct me. Because how I've always taken a crime of passion to be is that it's a spontaneous and overdone crime. It might be spontaneous, but I thought it was premeditated. But it is overdone. Like it would be like you need to stab someone. These numbers are just fudged, please. But it would be like you have to stab someone three times to kill them, and then they stab them seventy six times. That's a crime of passion. Yeah. Okay. A crime of passion in popular usage refers to a violent crime, especially homicide, in which the perpetrator commits the act against someone because of a sudden strong impulse, such as sudden rage, rather than as a premeditated crime. Okay, so it is spontaneous. Yeah, so that that can't be a crime. It's a... Is it an overdone crime? Yes. So... But it can't be necessarily a crime of passion because that's... that's, I I guess it would have to be premeditated. Talking about Lacey. Yeah, because, I mean... they. 
There's nobody that is spontaneously going to force this woman to give birth. And dismember then dismember and disembowel her. Exactly. That, I that mean, there might happen, be. That doesn't happen spontaneously. <laughs> there and if, might be. But if it did happen, it'd have to happen, like, in her home. Right. You know, and they didn't find any... You can't cover up that kind of blood. No. They it, didn't find any sign it, of it had, entry. She had to have been no, taken struggle. from her home. It done in a separate location. There's no... Yeah. I, I don't think... Yeah. I, I don't think there's any way that that was spontaneous. That, Unless he, like, yeah, shot her and then decided to dispose of the body by disemboweling. I mean, I but that's, guess. What, dismembering, one thing. You hear about people dismembering bodies all the time to try and... God, this is so freaking dark. Um, but you hear about people doing that to make hiding bodies easier quite often. But disemboweling. That. that you don't have to do that to hide a body. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to remove well, the, the unborn child. Well, the fact that they only left her uterus. Yeah, that, there's something just especially sinister about that. Yeah. They took the baby out, left her uterus intact. That's, that's, that's the mm. thing that gets me is like her uterus was going to hang intact. out until Fox gets off work because I do be, <laughs> I, I do be scared. <laughs> I'm not even pregnant. I'm afraid of someone coming in and cutting out my baby. Cutting out my baby. Um, so. Sorry, um, we're not laughing. You, you guys know why we laugh. Yeah, we yeah. laugh because we have to or otherwise we would be dead. I'll cry. Um, on June second, so twenty twenty, so just last year, Jesus, um, the California Supreme Court heard argument on Scott's per or Scott's appeal. The defense argued that the okay, prospective jurors were improperly excused, and the trial judge improperly allowed two jurors onto his boat. And the judge erred in insisting the prosecutor be present during defense testing of the boat, and that the motion to move the trial to another county should have been granted due to juror questionnaire results showing almost half of the prosecute or prospective jurors had already concluded Peterson was guilty prior to the trial. So the jurors had already decided that he was guilty before. But they did move it to another county, didn't they? Yes, they did. They did. Um, they did move it to another trial or another county. So I'm wondering if they wanted it moved again. Again, yeah. Um, on August 24th, 2020, so really recently... Um, in a 7-0 and decision, the Supreme Court of California upheld his conviction but overturned his death sentence because Scott's trial judge, Alfred, Delu- Del- Alfred Smith, <laughs> <laughs> who had died on February 26, 2008, had dismissed jurors who opposed capital punishment without asking them whether they could put their views aside. Mm. Justice Loranda Kruger explained that per Supreme Court ruling since 1968, jurors may not be excused merely for opposition to the death penalty. Mm-hmm but only for views rendering them unable to fairly consider imposing that penalty in accordance with their oath that is meant to... This is the meaning of guaranteed of an impaired jury. Yeah, I know. So basically, they can't be dismissed because they don't believe in the death penalty, but they can be dismissed if, like... Like, if there's a case with somebody... And this this is very much not, like, exactly the thing, but... If there's a case with someone who is a practicing member of a religion that someone who is a practicing member of another religion thinks is sinful, if they can't unbiasedly still rule with the person who is doing something that they think is wrong, but something that's not related to the case, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, or, like, I keep wanting to make, like, ties to abortions. Like, if somebody believes that abortions are wrong and there's a person on the stand who had... Like, it's 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 very difficult to explain, but basically they're saying, like, jurors can be dismissed for a lot of things, but not believing in the death penalty is not one of them. Right, so it's like if they don't believe in it, then they can't... They have to still be there. Yeah, well, they... 
they don't necessarily have to still be there, but like <laughs> the jurors aren't there to decide what happens to the person convicted. They're there to decide if the person's guilty or not. Right. So it doesn't matter if a juror no is going to rule into that just says that the judge was already ready to give him the death penalty right. if the jury found him guilty. But he wanted to make sure that, like, the jury didn't have to know that they were sending a man to death if they didn't believe in the death penalty. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. If they turned over his... Uh, prosecutors in the county said Friday they planned... This was October 23rd, 2020. Try to retry the penalty phase in the case of a convicted murderer, Scott Peterson, who is on death row at San Quentin State Prison in Marin County, California. So they overturned his... This was October 23rd, 2020. And the other one was August 20-something. So they overturned his death penalty, but then they haven't decided what they're gonna do other. Oh, than it that was yet. overturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. So I is that it? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so unsatisfying. Yeah. I so, mean, there's not a way for that to be satisfying. You no. know what I mean, though. Um. So I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I think he did it. I don't know if I think that he hired somebody to do it. I think that if he did do it, he does deserve the death penalty. I think that, well, okay, let I don't me know rephrase that I believe it. in the death penalty. I was going to say, I don't think that I believe in the death penalty. I, you saw how mad I got about that Brandon guy. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know what, um, I, I don't necessarily believe in our current prison system period. So. I think that, uh, Scott Peterson is a piece of shit regardless. Yeah, of regardless. He, he's regardless a piece of, of shit. if he killed his wife or not, uh, Scott Peterson is a piece of shit. But you don't go to prison for being a piece of shit or cheating on your wife, but... I don't know if I know, because the only evidence leaking back to him is the pliers with the hair on it. Yeah, and that's, that's not it. really... That is it. You know what? Listen, I don't have any, like, hard evidence that I believe, but you cannot tell me that he had a car filled with the things that he did and had taken out a life insurance policy in her name before she died. Yeah. Those are those are definitely sketchy things. That's... That, I, well, but that, also, that tells it for but me. But also, if he's, in, like, if he's insane, like, and he knows that he's... Like, the prime suspect? Why would he not just flee? Okay, well, sure. If Which he, makes him look guilty, you know It does make I mean? him look guilty, but the life insurance policy. That's, yeah. You you don't get that money unless the person dies. Right. That is true. The getaway car, okay. You know, you're paranoid and you're afraid that you're going to be found guilty even if you're not, and that really sucks for you if, if you're not guilty. But, like... You don't don't, take out a life insurance policy on somebody unless you're expecting them to to die. That's the only thing, that's the only thing that makes me think that, yeah, he did. But if he did do it, then he definitely deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. Until he dies. Yeah. Because, like... Which hopefully is soon. I mean, if you have, if you are, again, if you're the beneficiary, like, whenever I was, still had a good job with benefits, I had a life insurance policy, and my... I think my mom was the beneficiary because I was single and didn't right. know who else to put the beneficiary as. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was something right. that went through my job, right? So, like, I had a life insurance policy and my mother would have been the beneficiary for it. My mom did not call me and, or no, she she didn't just go in and take out a life insurance policy on me. Right. Like, she wasn't, that's, that, there is a very big difference. Taking out a life insurance policy on somebody without their knowledge of it isn't that's just you're either so stupid just the stupidest or because because if anything ever bad if any god forbid anything bad ever happens to that person if you don't have any malicious intent but you take out a life insurance policy in someone like for someone else that you have done that they have not done and made you the beneficiary of that you have done like 
you, it, God forbid anything happened to them, of course you're gonna be a suspect. It's weird. It's weird. There's no reason for it. You don't get to make money off of somebody else's death. Exactly. Unless they want you to. Exactly. Like, if I had a life insurance policy now, I would absolutely make Fox the beneficiary exactly. of it. That makes sense. Well, I get, we're not married, but it's still. It's, it makes We sense. share our lives together. Exactly. You know? It makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make <laughs> God, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That, that's some sketchy. I don't necessarily n- think that he did it, did it, but I think that he was involved somehow. Yeah. Like, there's just too much sketchy shit involved Ex- Exactly. There. I'm not, I'm not sure how I think it happened. I really feel bad for Amber. Like, Amber got shit on really hard. I feel really bad. God. Poor girl. I She's feel so really, up. really bad for Lacey. Her daughter would be our age. Yeah. Almost. She would A little be- bit younger. She would, Devin was born in 01. She would be 19 this year. Devin was born in 01? Bitch, who are you telling? Yes. That's what I said. Why does that feel gross? Right? Like, he's about to be 20. Oh my god. Devin does not feel like he's 19. Who are you telling? Devin (laughs) Devin is basically 60. God. Like, he is an old crotchety man. He really is. He is grumpy. He is a grumpy old man. He is such That's a grumpy old man. That's the best way to man. explain him, is a grumpy old man. But I love him. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I'm sorry. I Listen. Yes, but he, she would, her, her daughter would be 19, and Connor would have been 19 this year. Well, no, he would have been 18 this year, because she was due year. in 2003. It's so heartbreaking. I feel sick. I feel actually physically ill. It's awful. Uh, so I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys think, and when we post this, uh, I'm gonna post pictures of Scott and Lacey, and I'm gonna try to remember to post pictures of Scott with his hair, mm-hmm. um, and then any other pictures I can find. Nothing crime scene. Don't ever expect us to post crime scene photos. Never That's will so, we ever. Not only is it, uh, bad to look at, it's disrespectful to the family, um. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, observe them, I guess, that's, like, one thing, like, if that's something that interests you, I don't necessarily think that that's, like, a bad thing, because they are public record, but to post them online... I will never, ever do that, ever. Mm -hmm. I will post pictures of Lacey, Scott... Not Not of dead bodies. No, never, ever, um, but... I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys think. Do you think that he did it? Do you think he didn't do it? Do you think he hired somebody? Like, I'm interested to think what you guys I just set up a Google alert for him. Oh, yeah. To see if anything comes up. Yeah. I had a Google alert out for that Chris guy. The shitty one who stuffed his... You know what? I don't believe in the death penalty, but I really just wish that they would just execute that man. Nothing pisses me off more than that man right there. Honestly. God. I watched watched a documentary... Did you? On it that came out. I didn't. I haven't watched the one on Netflix yet. Okay, that's um, the one I watch. No, is there one on Hulu? No, it's not on Hulu. It's uh, it was airing on like cable television. That my parents have like oh. that sling TV oh, thing yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like. I watched TV, it. But... I watched the Netflix one. Okay, there was one on like the ID channel okay. that I saw. Um. That just. God. Mm-mm. No, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch the Netflix one because it's just every time I watch it. It makes me physically ill. It does me too. It's disgusting. And like literally, I'm just, I'm going to shut up. Eventually I would like to do an episode on it. Um, just, just because it makes me rage so bad. And a lot of people probably, I mean, they do know about it, but also like. I think that one hits us so hard though, because I remember the day that I saw on the news that the little girls had been found. Me too. Like that was what, 2015? Something 2017? like 2017? It was 20... something. It was only a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. God. That's like, it's like Dee Dee. Well, um, I guess we're just going to wrap it up here. I am interested to hear your guys's, your guys's thoughts on this. It's, 
It makes my blood boil. This is the first time I've ever really heard about it. Mm-hmm. I've never, I didn't I, know a thing. I've heard the names. I've seen the documentaries on Hulu. I, I wanted to watch them. I was going to get a, a documentary on Hulu? Yep. That's where I got some of my information from. Damn. Um, but I. Oh, that's right. You just said that. Yeah. I kind of want to watch. It's good. I liked what I watched so far, but Can I come over and watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, if you want. Well, guys, uh, Ugh. I'm so ragey right now. I'm so yeah. I I'm so nauseous. I'm not. I'm gonna play Zelda for the rest of the day and try and pretend like I didn't know any of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that one like just makes me. We talked about some really gruesome stuff on this podcast, but for some reason, I think it's I think it's because the baby. And that just... It makes me really Makes sad. me actually want to throw up. I need to stop talking about it. Anyway! <laughs> Anyways, uh, you can follow us on our podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and it's HMH Podcast. Uh, we're going to eventually have that up and running. Neither of us By are By the time good. you hear this, it will be. Hopefully. Because I'm... Oh, you, you have a plan. Yeah, you I have, have a plan. plan. Um, you can follow Crystal on Instagram and Twitter at Gravity Crystal. You can yeah. follow me... Oh, it's actually Gravity Crystal underscore. Oh. I meant to correct that earlier, but I forgot. Uh, oh, well, Gravity Crystal underscore. Gravity I'm, Crystal was already taken. Those bitches. Bitch. I know. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Swallow Your Fear. Um, we have a Facebook fan page. Um, I think it's just Hot Messes of History podcast or something it's like that. It's just Hot Messes of History. Is it? That's all it um, is, yeah. It's just a fan page you like, engage in. Um, and then we have a private Facebook group where we engage as well. Like, we we run it. We administer it. Um, administrate it. <laughs> and we um, administer it we to administer the people. The, we administer to you. Um, and it's called Hot Messes of History Discussion and Updates. And we're, we're probably going to change that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get that fixed and up and running and stuff. Um, These episodes that you're, you're listening to right now are banked. So we're, we're recording in advance to make sure that if you listen to the podcast yeah, in this early is like, days. This is a, this is three weeks from when we're recording now. This I'm one actually, will air. I actually think that this episode comes out. This is episode 14? Yeah. Yeah, this episode, um... So this is, like... Two days before... Or, no, this drops to the public the day before my birthday. So this is, Happy like birthday to me. Three weeks? Yeah. Whoa. My birthday is so soon. Hold on. It's, like, a month in advance. Yeah. Yay! So, no, I don't want to talk about it. So this I is... I don't want to be 24. 23 sucked. Well, nobody likes you when you're 23, I didn't Crystal. like me when I was 23. I liked you when listen, you were 23, Crystal. Listen, my 23rd birthday happened... Less than two weeks later, we were in lockdown for COVID. And in that year, not only was COVID just a massive nightmare, but then I became paralyzed, lost both my jobs, and now I'm poor and paralyzed, and I use a wheelchair when I go to Walmart. 23 sucked. So I, but I, I liked you when you were 23. I'm glad you liked me when I was 23 because I didn't like <laughs> most of my life at all when I was 23. Maybe maybe I should be excited about 24. 24 is going to be fun. Um, I hope but so. anyways, we love you guys, and uh, we me. will see you in a month. <laughs> But when you're hearing this, it's been a month. Oh, yeah. That's what I was meaning. So whenever we say, like, it should be done by this time, like, I'm doing all this work the week that we're recording it, but you guys aren't going to hear it for a while. Right. Which is why it's like, you know, it's weird for us to say, well, we're going to work on it, but then remember that by the time you listen to this, we've already worked on it. So. So... Oh. Oh. (laughs) I love that. I love when we do that so much. Anyway, we're going to hop off. Um, Oh. Uh, if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash history. So stick around. Um, we are going to be doing something really exciting with our Patreon coming up soon um, relating to, like, patrons and giveaways and stuff like that, trying to, like, boost that up a lot. So please, 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 even if you yourself can't 
Um, contribute to it. Share it to people who you know like the podcast. Share the podcast as much as you can. We're still really small. We really would like to see this gain a lot of traction because we have so much fun and we love doing it for the people that we know listen. Um, but listen, it, it gets so satisfying. It really is. Watching the downloads just jump. It's, it's so, so nice. I love, I get a lot of satisfaction from seeing the locations grow. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I just love making people laugh. I love interacting with people. And I feel like this is something that, that's something that we do with this podcast. Yeah. So please share it with your friends. We would really appreciate that. Um, if you think about it tomorrow, if you're listening to this, not on our Patreon, because Patreon's early access. Um, and we should really start saying that. One of the perks of being a Patreon uh, of being a patron, um, the first tier is um, early access to our episodes. So where we drop on Tuesdays, uh, patrons get it on uh, the app on Monday. So it's, um, you do get like perks that are different levels that have different things, but that's just like the basic one. Um, but if you're listening to this and not on Patreon, it having come out early uh, and you think about it, shoot me a happy birthday tomorrow on any of my socials because oh yeah it's gonna be, be Crystal's birthday. it's gonna be a really really awful day and no i will make sure it's not bitch it's on a wednesday this birthday's on a wednesday i'm off on that wednesday bitch you're always you off on wednesdays wait. recording days wait. are always wednesdays well we'll be recording on crystal's birthday oh my god so yeah uh we love you guys thank we love you. you so much thank you so much and um have a good day and don't cheat on your uh, don't cheat on your others and also don't kill them please god <laughs> Uh, um, and remember to question everything. And don't forget to side your shit. And wash your damn hands. And wash your damn hands. <laughs> God, I would love for my 24th birthday to have at least, at least some of my 24th year, not in a pandemic. Uh, happy birthday to me. Wash your hands. That's all I want from you. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Wash your hands. <laughs> happy birthday, Crystal. Wash your hands. <laughs> happy, happy birthday me. Everybody else wash their hands so I can be done with this. I want to go to the Edgar Allan Poe Museum. <laughs> oh my God, me too. And the whole Museum. Please wash your hands so we can go. <laughs>